Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Well, hello everyone, and isn't it wonderful to be together? It's a truly a privilege. Um, it's too bad we can't all be here at church, but I just want to say how important is this, to come together and lift up the name of Jesus on the earth. So important. So while Pastor Shane and Rachel are away, I was given the honor of doing the next um, part of the series, Unshakables, which is all about how to build an unshakable life. And what a helpful topic to be doing in a world that's been shaken beyond belief by COVID. Um, and so I am sure that we're going to be all excited about learning and have been excited about learning how to be prepared to stand strong and weather the unexpected storms that can really shake us up. And talking about storms, I really wanted to give a special shout out to all the mums and dads who are managing their kids at home. They've just gone through the school holidays and COVID and trying to keep them inside. And now we found out another few weeks at home, possibly, hopefully only one. But yeah, we're hoping that. And so I'm sure that if you're a mum or a dad or a family in a house with lots of kids, you've had a lot of shaking up or a lot of storms going on in your world. Somehow, wherever kids are, there's always a flurry of activity because kids love to be shaken up. I was thinking about with the kids, they're not into the slow, easygoing movies. They want the wild, action-packed ones. Or if you've got the youth, sometimes they want the gory ones or the ones that are like horror films that are so scary, they just get shaken on the inside. Or when you've been in COVID, you know, what about having some tackle sports inside the house, like wrestling each other to the ground and pulling apart the furniture and all those sorts of things. And even the music, you know, the kids love that kind of music that's like so loud, it's rattling in your head, shaking your head up, or so loud it's beating on the inside of your body. And so, you know, I think we all have a bit of kid inside of us, don't we? We love the shaking up, the excitement. But at the end of the day, we all long for something that's unshakable, especially in times when we don't know what the future will hold. Times like when our finances and our jobs are unsure, we're not sure how is this gonna, um, how we're gonna live on less. Times when there's conflict in our relationships, especially those we're close to and we just don't know who we can count on and who we can trust. Times when illness can strike ourselves or our family members and we don't know what's gonna happen next. And times like COVID, when the world gets turned upside down and even our core values become unsettled and we get shaken to the very core of who we are and what this life is all about. And so I have good news today and I'm so excited to be proclaiming it today that we have an unshakable God and his name is Jesus Christ. And so today we're gonna to be talking about the unshakable mission of the church. And as I was seeking God about this message, which I thought about long before we found out we were going back into COVID lockdown, I really felt I needed to start this message by giving glory to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So let's take a moment to reflect on our unshakable God, who is the reason that we are here today and having church today. It seems as we look through the Bible, this is no different. Every generation has had shakings on the earth. And people throughout history have been looking to heaven for answers. In fact, it was a very, very dark time on the earth when it was prophesied in Isaiah that help was coming. A savior was going to come who would shake the world himself, but he himself would be unshakable. 
And the, the passage of scripture that we have in, in the Bible on this is in Isaiah chapter 9. And I just love this passage of scripture. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness. Isn't that good news? From this time forth and forever. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will do this. And so I just want to reflect on his name there, the name of Jesus. It reflects on the deepest needs in our heart. When he says wonderful counselor, it's saying that he gives us the wisdom and the counsel that we need. When it says that he's mighty God, it's saying that he's got a power, a mighty power that's beyond what we can experience here on the earth as people. When it says he's everlasting father, he's that father we're longing for, the one that's faithful and full of outrageous love, never giving up on us. And when it says that he's the prince of peace, he's the peacemaker, teaching us how to have peace with one another, teaching us how to forgive, and most importantly, bringing peace with us before God by forgiving our sins. And so he is the one I just want to pause this morning and give glory to. You see, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, it says in Hebrews 13, 8. He says that he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the one who is, who was, and who is to come, who is still to come, the Almighty One, it says in Revelations 1, 8. And then he says to us also in Revelations 1, 17 to 18, he says, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, now I live forever and ever, and I hold the keys to death and the grave. Amazing, unshakable God that we serve and love. And he is the unshakable God of this church and every church in the world. So let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we want to praise and thank you. Thank you for being unshakable. Thank you for loving us so consistently. We come to you this morning and we ask you to speak to us. We turn our eyes upon Jesus. We look full in your wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and grace. And so we ask you to open our eyes and ears to hear from you that we might begin unshakable in our faith and unshakable as the church. Amen. So because of Jesus, we can stand as the church, unshakable in a world that is shaking. But how do we know this? What do we base this on? Well, in Matthew 16, we read about soon after Jesus began his ministry, everyone was talking about him. Who was this person that was going around doing amazing things, drawing crowds in small villages, healing sick people? Everyone was wondering, how can this person be doing these things? How could someone so ordinary be so extraordinary? Some thought he was Elijah. Some thought he was Jeremiah, a prophet. They weren't sure what to think. He certainly had the characteristics of a super gifted person. And though everyone had different ideas, it was when Jesus turned to Peter and the disciples and he looked at them and he said, but who do you say that I am? The ones that had spent the most time with him. 
And Simon Peter says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. That statement was an amazing statement because this is what Jesus said after that statement. He said, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. So Peter had this revelation and it came from God that Jesus was not just some person with superpowers. He was the one that had been promised by the prophet Isaiah in chapter 9, the Messiah, and that God, that they, and he was the God that they had been waiting for to come and save them. And so as Peter, as a human, recognizes Jesus as God, Jesus establishes the church. And in these verses, he makes some very amazing declarations about the church. He says three powerful things. Number one, he says the church would be established on this rock, which is the declaration that Jesus is God. And it's interesting in Scripture because throughout Scripture we start, we continually see Jesus being called the cornerstone, the one that holds it all together in a building. In that statement, he also said that the church will not be built by humans, but by God. In fact, he says, I will build my church. Jesus takes ownership of his church. And finally, and very comforting, he says, and the powers of hell will not conquer it. No matter what's going on, the powers of hell will not conquer the church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so Jesus had all authority in heaven and earth, and he is going to keep our church and every church unshakable. And I have some good news as well. In Romans 10, verses 9 to 11, it says that if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, just like Peter did, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved and become of this, a part of this unshakable church and God's family that goes on into eternity. But before I go any further, I really wanted to just define that word church because I think everybody has a different thing that comes to mind when you say the word church. You can just be thinking, what are you thinking right now? And as I look around, I can imagine that everybody's got a different definition because it's been used so many different ways, overuse, misuse, over many um, years and years of use. And so I just thought we should have a look at it. And I had a little look in, um, um, on Google. I just did a big Google search, and I thought, I'll go straight to the dictionary definition. I was absolutely shocked, really, by the dictionary.com definition. The definition for church was just one sentence, and it said, a building used for public Christian worship. And I thought, okay, I get it. You know, you're driving down the street and you see it, and that's a church. Yes, but is the church just a building for public Christian worship? I didn't think so. So I went down further, and it said the biblical definition for church. And I thought, okay, well, maybe that'll help kind of fit with what I'm thinking in my head. And when I looked at that definition, it was a group of Christians. And I thought, yeah, it's a group of Christians, but it's even more than that, isn't it? And then I went to a website called Compelling Truth, which is a Christian website. I didn't know about it beforehand. And the definition there that they wrote there really resonated with me and what I've seen in the Bible. Um, and so it's talking about the church being the universal church as well as the local church. So let me read this definition and see if it resonates with you. It says... 
The universal church is the body of Christ composed of everyone who has received Christ as their savior. It is comprised of every believer from every country and every time since, P since Pentecost until Christ's return. And the church is not a building, it's a group of people. It's not a denomination, it's everyone who has received the Holy Spirit. And as believers, we are joined with all Christians from Peter all the way to the smallest child in the body of Christ today. And the local church, which is our church, Shell Harbor Community Church, is one of the ones where the members of the universal church can, oh, sorry, where the members of the universal church can become the body of Christ, encouraging, teaching, building one another up in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus. And I believe the scriptures explain the church like this. In fact, I'm going to explain it some more today. It's much broader than just a building or a bunch of Christian people. This is what God's saying when he says, I'm going to build my church and the powers of hell will not overcome it. That's why the church is still here today, despite all the things that have gone in, on in history, all the mistakes that people have made, all the mistakes that churches have made, and yet the ones that are loving and following Jesus, coming together and worshiping him, we continue to be the church. And not only did Jesus establish the church, he actually says that he loves the church. In Ephesians 5.25, he says, Christ loved the church so much that he gave himself up for her. It was worth it to him to come to earth to build the church. And the church continues to exist generation after generation until Jesus is coming back. In fact, it says in the Bible, he's coming back for the church. And he loves us so much, he calls us his bride. That's how faithful he is to us. And that's how much he loves us, a devotion that is forever. It's so beautiful to be called, to be called the bride of Christ. And so the church is alive, it is enduring, it's missional. And we want to be a church here at Shell Harbor. We are a church here at Shell Harbor Community Church, and we want to continue to be a church here at Shell Harbor Community Church, ready to, to sorry, ready for his return and not be unprepared. So if we're going to be ready for his return and not unprepared, what are we meant to be doing? What is the unshakable mission of the church? Just four that I want to bring to you today. I'm sure there's many more that people could say, but these are the ones that stood out to me when I think about the church. Number one, the church's mission is to operate in unity. And in scripture, Jesus explains this so well to us. In Colossians 1.18, it says, Christ is the head of the church, which is his body. And in 1 Corinthians 12.2, it says, the human body has made of many parts, but the many parts make up one body, and so it is with the body of Christ. The body of Christ is another name for the church, and it's so good because we can all understand it. Everyone knows how the body works. You know, we take instructions um, from our brains, which are in our heads, right? And we say Christ is the head of the church. And we understand that the brain keeps the body alive. It keeps the body coordinated. It's making sure every part of the body is doing what it needs to do so that you can walk, so that you can pick up a glass of water and drink it. There's just so much going on, and the brain coordinates it all. And just the same, Jesus is the head of the church, coordinating all the churches, all the local churches right now that begin here in Australia this morning, and it's, the globe is going to turn. In fact, I have friends over in Hawaii right now watching this. And, the, and as the globe turns and as the day goes on, the church gets up and brings praise to the name of Jesus. And Jesus is coordinating it all. It's so beautiful. And especially as we submit to him in unity. 
And I saw this so powerfully when I was involved in missions. It was amazing to go to Japan and to sit there with people you don't even know and start singing these songs in Japanese with the same tunes that we sing over here. And they're loving and worshiping Jesus and you know it's the same, the same God. You just know it in your heart. And when you go to um, Russia or India, totally different culture, totally different ways of worshiping God and yet you know in your heart we are worshiping the same God under the leadership of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Jesus is continuing to build his unshakable unified church with those who love him and are submitted to his leadership. In fact, I think the church is the only entity in the world that's actually capable of having complete unity across the globe. You know, organizations, even fast food restaurants, are trying to find this sort of unity and we can do it all together. But you know, it's just one human saying, I'm leading you over another human saying, I'm leading you. But as the church, we're not being led by human beings. We're being, well, we're being led by the, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that is why we can have the unity that's so powerful and unshakable. We also know that unity is very important because it was, a, one of the, it was the subject of one of the last prayers that Jesus prayed before he went to the cross. I love these prayers he left for us. He prayed for his disciples, and then he turned to pray for us. Us. Because it says in John 17, he says, My prayer is not for them alone, meaning the disciples. He said, I pray for all those who will believe in me through their message. That's us. It's amazing, isn't it? And this is what he prayed for us. He said that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So important, so important. And so the mission of the church is to operate in unity as we humble ourselves and follow the lead of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Number two, the church's mission is to make his mission our mission. Now, Jesus made his mission very clear when he was on, here on earth, and he said these words to the disciples. He said, in Luke 19, he said, The Son of Man, speaking of himself, came to seek and to save the lost. And lost are people who don't know, love, or follow Jesus. And everywhere I look in Scripture, I see that that was God's mission. That's what he was all about. And God's heart's desire is to see the lost saved. In fact, that's why God came to earth as Jesus. He could have stayed in heaven. Why would he come here? He came here because he had outrageous love for each and every person who doesn't know him. He was sinless himself, but he was willing to die for our sin on the cross and made it possible for us to be saved and reconnected with God. And so his mission while he was here was to disciple and to teach the disciples to do the same. And we are his disciples, aren't we? We're his disciples today. And so in Matthew 28, which is the last words of Jesus before he um, went back up to heaven and ascended to heaven, he said and gave this mission to the disciples. He said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. So there it is again. He's speaking about the authority that he has in heaven and on earth. And he says, therefore, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. There he is, speaking about how his church is big. It's all nations. 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I will be with you always to the end of the age. He's saying it again and comforting us again. There is an end of the age coming, and he is returning. And so our mission is his mission, and that is to seek and save the lost and make disciples. Number three, the church's mission is to be salt and light. Philippians 3.20 says, but we are citizens of heaven. Just let that sink in. We are citizens of heaven. We're not citizens of earth. We are citizens of heaven. And the verse says, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives in heaven. And we are eagerly awaiting for him to return as our savior. We're eagerly awaiting for him to return because we know that when he returns, all will be well. It will be the justice and the righteousness that, that he prophesied in um, Isaiah 9. He will bring all those things that are wrong about the world right when he returns. And so we're eagerly, eagerly awaiting that. But it's not the kind of waiting like sitting around waiting for the bus to come. That's not why we're here. Why are we still here on the earth? The waiting we're meant to be doing is full of mission, full of action. We are called to be salt and light, he says. Matthew 5.13 says, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? And then he says in verse 14, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. In fact, this is the, one of the verses that Pastor Shane has believed is our church verse. We are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. And then it says, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. And so as citizens of heaven, we know we are only here for a short time. Let that sink in. We're only here for a short time. This is not the end of our story. Don't try to get it all on earth. It's not going to be here all on earth. It's not even meant to be all here on earth, all the joy, all the excitement, all the happiness, all the things we long for. We're only here for a short time. Our time on earth is to be a part of God's mission on the earth as human beings bringing glory to God. And so as a church, we don't want to be like the world. We're going to look different. It's like salt losing its saltiness if we, if we start to look like the world. We want to bring a different flavor we want to bring the flavor of heaven here on earth. We want the church to look different because we're reflecting the beauty of heaven on earth as a church. And as a church, we don't want to hide the message of hope we have in Jesus, but we want to step up and shine the light in the darkness and point to Jesus who is our head. He is like the lighthouse that's guiding us home. He is the lighthouse for every single person you meet, every friend you have. He is the lighthouse that will guide them home to their heart's desire, which is Jesus, whether they know it or not. And so as we eagerly await Jesus' coming, we're meant to be sharing the good news with others. And I just want to give a shout out. We started an evangelism team a couple years ago, and it's been exciting to just even have that as a, as a priority of what we're doing as a local church. And John and Narell have um, um, taken on the evangelism team over the past year or so, and they're just the real deal. They're just loving Jesus and, and being creative and sharing the good news of Jesus and just wanted to um, encourage everybody to know more about that. We are running Alpha very soon, um, hopefully in person and if not online. 
Um, at the third Thursday of every month, we go out. It's such an adventure to go out and trust God to give us divine appointments, to trust that we can just share, tell somebody that Jesus loves them. And they're even so creative, they're doing things like sand evangelism and painting rocks just to leave a little rock somewhere that someone might find when they're having a bad day that says, hope, there's hope beyond this world. And, you know, we've been noticing that that's a stirring, not just in our church. The head, Jesus, has been stirring the body of Christ right around the world. I suppose because of COVID, people's hearts and minds are starting to wonder, what is this world all about? And so we're seeing that happening um, in other churches, and we're working together and going out with them as well. And um, it's an amazing thing to see how the body of Christ is working together. I heard Martin Isles, who's the leader of the Australian Christian Lobby, make this statement, which I just loved. He was talking about how he's saying, now the darkness is getting darker. When the darkness gets darker, the light gets lighter. And he said, many people out there are believing lots of lies about the church because all they see in the media, on TV, are a lot of negative things about the church. And I know this to be the case because we've had somebody come to our church within the last year or so, an atheist background, and, and she said, yes, she said, I, didn't, I did not think the church was going to be a great place to be. And she said, when I walked into the doors of this church, Shell Harbor Community Church, I was blown away. And that's what Martin Isles was saying. He was saying that even though people believe lies about the church, when they walk in the doors of the church and they see the light of Jesus, that brightness is going to look even brighter. And the other thing he said, which I thought was really important for us to understand, it's something God's been speaking to me and even someone's, something someone gave to me prophetically. So there's three times that this has resonated with me, that there is going to be a tsunami of refugees, of people that are coming from the world, from broken backgrounds. They've tried it all. You know, they've done the drugs. They've done whatever it is out there that the world is offering. And they're like saying, this is not working. Where else can I turn? And he said that this happened even in the early church in Rome, where the church actually became known as a safe place for women because of the, a massive amount of sexual promiscuity at that time in Rome. And so we will be a safe heaven, safe haven. The church will be a safe haven for people who want to step away from the things of the world and want something different. And so he was saying, as a church, we need to stay true to the faith and true to the words of God. Don't give up. Even when the world's going in the other direction, we need to stay true. Stay faithful because we're the bride of Christ. Be a beacon of light and be the salt that doesn't lose its taste. So as we are seeing people coming to Jesus and becoming part of the body of Christ, we need to have our fourth mission, and that is the church's mission is to be a place ready to receive the harvest. This is my last point. This is something God has like I said, has been um, putting on my heart when we started evangelizing. I started to realize that we're going to be bringing people into the, into the environment of loving and following Jesus, and they just need family. They need encouragement. They need a sense of belonging. They need people that can pray for them. They need people that have hope, that can tell their story and say, you can make it through too because God set me free. And so we want to be a place that's easy to belong, an easy, a place that can, they can easily find a place to grow and be discipled. And I love what it says in Ephesians 2. In Ephesians 2 it says, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family, and together we are his house, built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone, Jesus Christ himself. It's so beautiful, isn't it? That's what they're being brought into. People are being 
coming, when they're coming to the church, they're coming to be a part of God's family. And so we need to take our place in serving in the body of Christ so we can disciple the harvest. We're all different. We all have different gifts. And so I believe it's urgent that we are busy about doing those, those things that are in our hearts that God has given us to do so that we can bring a taste of heaven here at Shell Harbor Community Church. And I think we're already doing this, but I just want to say, do it more, do it more. And if you're not a part of it, come and get on board. You know, if you can welcome people, come and welcome people. If you can make a meal, make a meal. If you can pray, then pray. If you can host a connect group, host a connect group. Bring your best. Bring your best. Make this place the place that brings God glory as he brings glory through you and your gifts. And so as I wrap up, I just want to say we are Jesus' church with an unshakable mission. We are a living body of believers. We're alive because of Jesus and because he's alive in and through us. And we are the family of God. We are a place of belonging like no other, like no other, right across the globe. You can go across the globe and find the family of God. And we are citizens of heaven here on earth, but just for a season. Don't forget that. It's just for a season. This is not our future. <laughs> our future is in heaven. All those things that we thought we were going to have here on earth. It's our homesickness for heaven. So let's be sure to be in our place, in the body, and taking our orders from Jesus, who's worthy of it all. He's worthy of it all. And Jesus is coming soon. He's sooner, coming sooner than he ever has been. We can say that for sure. <laughs> Everybody says it, but it's true. He's coming soon. And so how can we apply this? I just thought of three things. I know it's going to be more complicated because of COVID, but you know what? We're the unshakable church. We're his church, and we're going to do it. So number one, get connected in a small group in the life of the church to be discipled yourself and also to be ready to disciple others. And so, you know, this week or maybe over the next few weeks, we're going to have to make those phone calls. We're going to have to step out and, and reach out. And we can do it. And you can make a group chat. I, I've got about three or four group chats I'm on. Group chats I'm on. <laughs> chats I'm on, I'm sorry. And they're amazing. They're so encouraging. People just putting stuff up, encouraging us. It's fantastic. So don't be on the fringe. There are many people in this church that want to grow closer and have more meaningful friendships. The people that you look at and you think they've got all the friends they want. You know what? Just ask. You don't know that. You don't know that. And you'll be amazed at how deep and how close relationships can get when you make that commitment to one another. And I have noticed that social anxiety is a big thing that people say that holds people back. And I want to say, but we're not going to be like that. We're not going to let social anxiety hold us back. We want to be the people that teach people if social anxiety is holding you back, come and be loved. And it takes gatherers. And I really believe I'm speaking to some of you. You know it in your heart. You know you're a gatherer. You're just a person that can just put your hand up and say, okay, would you like to meet together? Would you like to start a chat together? Just do it. And you'd be surprised how people collect around it. I've been blown away, absolutely blown away. I thought I didn't have time to do it, and yet God has given me time to do it, and he's collected people around. And I'm seeing things I never thought I could see. Um, people grow, excited, and I'm seeing people ministering to one another in so, such special ways. 
And so in our church, we have crew groups. That's one person and three others. And you just meet once a fortnight. And you just say, you know, what are you reading in the Bible? What are you hearing God saying? And then how are you sharing this with others? That's a crew group. You can be a part of a crew group. You can start a crew group. We have connect groups. You can find these as well online in the um, Get Involved tab. There's so many connect groups, but we need more. And we need connect groups gathering, even during COVID. And come and go online and let me know if you're interested. And I'll get back to you this week, I promise. I've got plenty of time to help people connected this week. Number two, serve in the life of the church. And COVID's a great time to think about rearranging your priorities because you're a citizen of heaven. Just remember that you're a citizen of heaven. What is most important while you're here on earth for a short time? There's so many gifts, giftings and callings and some of you know you've got a calling and God's giving it to you and if he's called you to do it, you can do it. He'll give you the resource to do it. Not before you do it, when you do it. That's what I've learned. I'll think, oh, I can't do it, I can't do it. Then I step up to do it and it's like, oh, I don't know how I'm able to do it, but I'm able because God's called me to do it. And I just encourage you. We've got gaps right across our church. When we get back together, we're going to need people on the hosting team, the tech team, kids, youth, food care. We already have fabulous people. Don't get me wrong. We already have the most incredible serving church. But God is still wanting more because the harvest is coming. And we need more. We need to be strong in all of these areas. And finally, be a person of worship and prayer because these are the things that fill our life with faith and give us the things to give out to others. Some of you are prayer warriors. You've got to make it to the prayer meeting. We're going to be online on Tuesday at 5.30. Be there. It's actually amazing. The Holy Spirit comes through, the, through our unity. It's absolutely beautiful. And be a worshiper at home at church, in your connect group, wherever it is, be a worshiper. So let's be a church that stays true to the unshakable mission of God by walking in unity, seeking and saving and discipling the lost, bringing a taste of heaven by being sold in light and by being a church family ready to receive the harvest. So I'm just going to finish with a prayer. I know that I said a lot today, but I was so sure in my heart that God wanted not just our church, but anyone who's out there online, the church of God, um, to know these things that I was sharing today. So let's pray. Jesus, we just want to thank you. You gave it all for us to be a part of your family, and that was your unshakable mission, and that demonstrates your love for us. Show us today how we can be a part of your ongoing unshakable mission in the short time we are on earth. And we welcome the harvest here at Shell Harbor Community Church. We put our hand up and say yes to that mission that you have for us. Lord, we want our church to be the place where people can come and taste heaven, where they can belong, where they can grow and become what you created them to be. We put our hand up and we say yes. And we thank you, Lord, for this beautiful church. So many beautiful people in this church. So many stories, so many testimonies, so many people rich, with the truth and the good news of Jesus within. We thank you, Lord. Let us work together in perfect unity as you are the head of our church. And Lord, I know that there might be people who are listening today who say, yes, I want that. I want to know that there's more than just this life. And if you're one of those people today, you can have eternal life through the name of Jesus because he died for you. He died for you. And he wants to become the Lord of your life. And if so, if you're one of those people, you can pray with me today. Dear Jesus, I am so sorry for living my life apart from you. 
I want to live my life acknowledging you as God. I want to be a part of your family. Please forgive me of my sins. Please come into my life. Please turn my life around. I say yes to being, being part of your family. I say yes to following you. I say yes to being a part of your amazing church on the earth. In Jesus' name, amen.